take my text tonight from 1 John 2, let's verse 5 and 6. 1 John 2, 5 and 6. But whoso keepeth his word, and in him verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know what we know, hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abide in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walk. It's a great verse. You know, when I was reading through this verse, uh, uh, bring me back some memories. Coming to America, growing up in the 80s and 90, uh, it was a interesting decade, couple of decades. Um, my brothers was always into styles and into the trends of the time. Um, I remember he used to, whatever the trend, the style that time, he would imitate and he would copy, he would do. Uh, you know, one time I remember he had a parachute pants on and when it came out, I don't know, you know, for those young who don't know what it is, it's maybe it's a, a pants made out of parachute. They were just big. And when he wore, and he was a short guy, he's shorter than I am. He looked like a pumpkin walking around. You know, it, it just, it's funny. I wish I had iPhone back then and camera taking pictures. Uh, when they came up with the, you know, the, the Mohawk when it was popular, of course he had a Mohawk also. Again, I, yeah, I, I wish I had camera or pictures back then. And then, uh, even with the, the style early nineties, the, the Miami Vice thing with the jacket where you just wear the shirt and a jacket and you roll up the sleeve like that. He was into that too. But, uh, I was a little bit different. I, I was shy. I wasn't as adventurous as he was, but, but, um, I'm thankful that, uh, tattoo wasn't a big thing back then. So, uh, you know, he would have been in trouble now, but, uh, but, uh, tonight, I would like to ask you, what does your life imitate? Who do you imitate right now in your life? From young people all the way to uh, the older saint, seasoned saint. Uh, you know, the definition of imitate, if you don't know, it's to take or follow as a model or copy or simulate. You know, you know, we heard a lot of time nowadays what we going through that our cultures, our world, our city, the people are just getting worse and worse or becoming yeah, sins become a norm. They're trying to uh, indoctrinate us into that, that, hey, uh, the, the lifestyle that the world's going through now is okay for everybody. But it's not, you know, let me read you Second Timothy 3, 2 to 5. Uh, this was way back uh, a couple thousand years ago also. Again, Second uh, Timothy 3, 2 to 5. For men shall be lover of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So again, nothing's changed much except now that they're trying to the force or trying to make it become a norm in all culture, which was a norm back then also. Those are, are denying and living godless life, living sinful life, are becoming 
less and less shameful in declaring that, hey, it's okay to be this way. Uh, but as Christian, it, it, it's not. It's not okay to live a, a sinful life, uh, a life after the flesh. You know, unfortunately, you know, adults, people, children are, uh, see these habits and become such a norm that everybody, including little kids and uh, young people in school and adults start to imitate and transform their lifestyle into these what's so-called norm. And even the, the some Christians and the churches are trying to imitate and conforming to these trends uh, in our culture. You know, I saw some article a while back last week and know my daughter and her friend when they got together they were talking about this also. Um, it was called... Uh, I never heard too much of it before. It's called progressive Christian. I thought, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe they're trying to progress or become closer to God. But no, it's not. Um, uh, basically, I, I look, did some research, looked into their website, and looked to some churches that believe in you know, what they call themselves progressive Christian. And basically, they said, hey, the Christian faith is founded on tr- three primary um, uh, things that call uh, that we see through Jesus. One is to love God, to love our neighbors, and to love ourselves. Well, that sounds uh, what a Christian should be. And then I read the next one. It says, the Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God. But it is not the only way. Uh, You can, you know, believe in other religion, other faith, or do whatever you want. But God will bring you you to him. You can get to God through those other ways too. But, you know, that's kind of contrary to what... If you believe in what the Bible says, I mean, the Bible says, Jesus said, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody come through the Father but through me. So, again, it's contradicting to what their belief already. Then uh, I read, so it piqued my interest a little bit, so I read a little bit more. It says, uh, uh, but uh, there's more, uh, beside more than one way to God, and the third thing was to say, hey, worship, prayer, music, study of the Bible, and other literature feeds the mind, heart, and spirit. But the Bible is not the only source of authority. There's other source. Again, it's contradicting themselves already. You know, uh, the Bible was given for us to teach and prove it. It's God's word. It was inspired by the, the, the Holy Spirit. And again, so I said, yeah, maybe I'll read a couple more. It, it, they're off, way off already. So I don't want to know more, a little more, but, um, and then the, the other one that I read, the number four thing was they, they mentioned that about genders. They're kind of lost. It's kind of, it was disheartening. It's, you know, genders are fluid. What does that mean? From what I read, you know, God in the beginning created man and woman, women and man, he created. Uh, I don't remember reading any other things else that uh, God created in between. Uh, so it's sad that... Uh, that uh, the, the Christian world, some of the Christian, are being persuaded and entrapped into the new cultures, into the this trying to become the norm, or trying to to uh, create something that would want to everybody to come in and accept uh, accept the gospel instead of standing firm on the truth of the gospel and allowing the world to come to accept what is true and what God has created and what God has done for us. You know, um, 
they, and again, they often, the progressive Christian often deny the core essential of the doctrine of faith, and they, basically they preach the entire different gospel, created their own gospel, uh, their own uh, doctrine. They even teach that sometimes the resurrection doesn't even, yeah, it's not even a reality. It's a story that you can learn from uh, on a moral basis. And um, promoting that the Bible is not, I have no author, authoritative at all. And Jesus didn't die for us. He was just an, uh, a man that God sent down, another prophet. But again, 1 Corinthians fifteen fourteen, And if Christ has not risen, then is our preaching vain, and our faith is also vain. Verse 17, and if Christ not be raised, then your faith is vain. Yet ye are yet in your sin. So as Christian, we should imitate our living Savior. Uh, if we don't imitate Christ, we would imitate someone else, and we would imitate something else. Um, how, I mean, so tonight, is it okay to imitate Christ? And how do we imitate Christ? Well, I like to look at some stuff. Let's, some, some stuff that Jesus did while he was on earth. Some habits that Jesus, uh, was doing. First, he was doing God's will. He was obedient to the word of God. He practiced solitude, devote to public praying, prayer and thanksgiving, focus on his mission, and he had compassion for the hurting. And also, um, he was uh, he had faith in the mir- in, for miracles. So, those are some of the habits that Jesus was doing when he was here on earth. So, first, Jesus came to do God's will. Uh, he didn't come to do his own will, but to do God's will. John six thirty eight, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Ephesians five seventeen, wherefore. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is his will for you? Well, if you don't know, if you're not saved, his will for you is to, to be saved right now. To have, to repent and live a new life in Christ. So if you don't know, that's a start for you to be saved because he wants to spend eternity with you. And if you are saved, again, he called us to, to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. You can start with that. And then uh, second, Jesus lived his life obedient to the word of God. Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. John 15.10. If ye keep my commandment, ye shall buy in my love. And even as I have kept my father's commandment, and abide in his love. You know, when the devil took him to the wilderness to tempt him, he used God, God's word you know, to fight off, to resist the devil. And we should do the same thing. That's why on my last you know, sermon I said, it's important to read, to study God's word, so we know uh, how to uh, use it as a shield to defend you know, our faith and our life. So third, Jesus practiced solitude. Habakkuk 2.20 but the Lord is in his holy temple, and let all the earth keep, keep silence before him. Luke, 15, Luke 5, 16, 
and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and pray. He prayed alone to the Father in the garden. Jesus tell us in Matthew 6, 6, Be thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray unto the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know, it's great to come together, to have corporate prayer, is power in that. It's great to prayer as a family. It is great to prayer as a husband and wife. And it's also, you know, God call us also. It's great that we need a one-on-one -on -one alone time with him also. You know, uh, Jesus always a lot of time go into the wilderness, you know, up the mountain to pray. Again, when we do that, God show his glory, his awesomeness out there just to be alone with him. You know, uh, again, a church that pray together, stay strong together. A family that pray together, stay strong, stay together. You know, when we have that one-on-one -on -one relationship and we pray with God, we stay strong in Him and we become more and more dependent on Him. And His power comes down so that we can overcome anything that uh, come before us. Again, God says, uh, David said, Be still and know that I am God. And at fourth, Jesus focused on his mission. Matthew 6.33, But seek ye the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. John 6.15, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come to take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. He knew this was not his father's will. It was the will of the people that want him to be their earthly king. Jesus knew what God's will was. Yeah. Jesus was focused on his mission. He could be king on earth. He had the right to. Yeah. He owned it. It was inheritance. But he knew that was not the Father's will at that time. John 18.36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servant... Then would my servant fight that I would, that I should not deliver unto the Jew. But now is my kingdom not from hence. His focus was on his mission, his father's will. That was his mission. What is your focus tonight? What's, uh, what's, uh, the, the will, uh, the father's will, God's will for your life? Again, you can only know that by through reading God's word and through prayer and deep meditation and one-on-one -on -one time with him. And uh, fifth, I think Jesus had compassion for the sick and afflicted. In Matthew 20, 34, so Jesus has compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eye received sight and they follow him. Mark 1, 41, and Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Jesus heal, Jesus comfort, Jesus give strength. And it's important that again, we follow that example that we imitate that, you know, when one of our family's member, you know, any of the saints is sick, we have prayer room. It's, it's great, it's encouraging to pray for one another, to comfort one another and to help when we can in this time uh, those, uh, a brother or sister in Christ that needed help because uh, that's what Jesus would do. And if we want to imitate him, we would you know, find times and strength to do, to help one another because you know, Jesus called us to do that. And we, 
and we have to lead. Uh, he led by example. You know. Um, again, so tonight when I ask, you know, is it okay to imitate Christ? Uh, yeah, I believe so. If we don't imitate Christ, we would imitate somebody or something else. You know, we should imitate Christ because He came to do God's will. He lived a life in obedience to God's word. He spent one-on-one uh, time with God constantly, and his focus was on God's mission and not his own. He cares and have compassion for others, and he trusted in uh, uh, God will do miracles. You know, on that, on he, he Jesus had faith for miracle. On on Mark eleven. 22 to 23, and Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whatsoever shall ye said unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he has said shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Luke 17, 19, and he said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith have made thee heal. Jesus believed in miracle, that God can provide miracle if we have the faith of a mustard feed. If we want to move mountain, if it's his will, that mountain shall be moved. Do you believe that God can uh, bring miracle in your life? And you heard many testimony in our church, in our service. He has done that. He's done that all the time and constantly. You know, if we, you know, in closing, so I want to say, if we desire to be spiritually healthy, spiritually healthy, we should imitate Christ. If we want to escape the sickness of sin and enjoy the vigor of growing in grace, we should imitate Christ. If we want to be ambassador for Christ, we should imitate Christ. If we want to bring others to know Christ, family members, those who are not saved, loved ones that are not saved, we should imitate Christ. Do you have Christ, Jesus Christ, in your heart tonight? If you don't, uh, there's no better time to have uh, to have Him come into your life. Ask for forgiveness and repent. When when you have Him in His life, you know you can imitate Him, so you can be a life for other. And again, if you need a deeper experience, need divine healing, He can give that to you because Jesus believe in that, and if you believe in that, He will provide that also. God is, you know, God is awesome. God is with us. And I know, and I said it before just a week ago, he's coming soon. And we have to be ready. And we have to love and care enough like Jesus does to be a witness to our family that are not saved so that they can come to know Christ. And we, can you imagine uh, walking into heaven looking or having the likeness of Jesus Christ? How awesome that would be in the Father's eye if all of us walking into the pearly gate in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That should be our ultimate goal. If we, imit- if we imitate, start imitating Christ, and uh, that light of Jesus Christ will shine in us and to the, this dark and uh, wicked world. So tonight, the altar is open for prayer, and the song of invitation is 561.